Welcome to the How Coronavirus Saved My Life podcast. My name is Christine. I'm a mental health nurse practitioner who got coronavirus in April of 2020 and had long COVID symptoms for months. I couldn't figure out why I wasn't getting better until I healed myself through unwinding my childhood conditioning. This is my story on how coronavirus saved my life and how I healed myself along with others sharing their own personal stories and how they are navigating through their own healing. How Coronavirus Saved My Life, Episode 26, The Burnout. Burnout is real. Burnout is definitely real if you're a healthcare worker. Then throw additional gasoline on burnout if you're a nurse working in the pandemic. Double it if you're a nurse working on a COVID unit. I'll never forget the moment in the morning I woke up on a friend's couch. I was hungover. I had no direction in my life. It was as if I was someone floating along in life with no sense of purpose. I had zero passion for any particular thing, but a constant internal emptiness accompanied by low self-worth. I remember waking up slowly around 8.30 to the voices of newscasters reporting on the World Trade Center being on fire. I remember slowly opening my eyes, sitting up, still in my party clothes I was wearing the night before, and slowly processing what was being reported on in New York City. This day would forever change my life. This day was my wake-up call. This day showed me what my passion was. This day took me outside of myself, outside of my anxious thoughts. This day was the beginning to a brand new start. This day showed me I was not alone. This day showed me outside of my toxic family were kind and loving people in the world. This day sparked my drive for helping humanity. This day was September 11th, 2001. When someone would ask me when I was a kid and teenager, what do you want to be when you grow up? I never said nursing, that's for sure. I didn't know any nurses. No one in my family worked in healthcare. The one and only person who encouraged me to be a nurse time and time again was my father. The father who was a vulgar racist. The father who was an alcoholic and frequent substance abuse user. He smoked weed daily. He had terrible financial issues. He was a constant disappointment. He was chaotic and he was never consistent. The same father who didn't have his shit together told me for many years I should be a nurse because of the benefits of a rewarding career, such as pay, schedule, and vacation time off. However, I discounted his words of wisdom because why in the world would I listen to someone who didn't have their shit together? Why would I listen to someone who never had enough money because he spent all of his money on drugs, alcohol, and cigarettes? Why in the world would I take advice from someone who couldn't stand the smell of hospitals, Why would I take the advice of someone who screamed the N-word to people of color minding their own damn business as he drove by them in his car? Turns out my father was right. Turns out my father laid small pebbles to the big boulder of my first epiphany to discover what my purpose was. Turns out my father may have been right about a lot of things despite not having his shit together and despite being a vulgar racist and an alcoholic. Turns out there are many truths to many things, despite the ugliness of it all. 
The beginning of my nursing burnout started in nursing school. I Preparing for nursing school was grueling and stressful. There are many prerequisite classes required, of course, before you can simply apply for the nursing school program. Then add the addition of needing near-perfect grades because applying for nursing school is so competitive because there are hundreds and hundreds of people applying to these few nursing schools in the U.S. Little did I know this was the beginning stages of my burnout. Little did I know I was on a slow-moving roller coaster of adrenal gland fatigue from constant fight or flight. I was on a slow-moving roller coaster living in constant state of stress hormones. A slow-moving roller coaster to possible chronic illness, autoimmune disease, stomach ulcers, and high blood pressure. Little did I know I was on a slow-moving roller coaster to learning the art of making myself a priority and setting boundaries. A slow-moving roller coaster redefining my purpose and calling. Little did I know burnout would be the pivot of me taking my power back to self-protection. Before I became a mental health nurse practitioner, I worked as an ICU nurse for five years in a level one trauma center. What does level one trauma center mean? Level one trauma center means my patients are sick. My patients have a variety of life-threatening critical injuries like gunshot wounds, car wrecks, plane crashes, strokes, sepsis. So level one trauma center, think constant extreme stress, constant fight or flight, constant of living in a state of stress hormones. I purposely chose to work in the ICU after I graduated nursing school because I had already known that I was going to be a mental health nurse practitioner. I had worked as a psychiatric tech on a psych inpatient unit while I was going through nursing, uh, getting, doing my prereqs for my nursing school, getting prepared. And there was a psychiatrist there who had mentioned he had, you know, three or four mental health nurse practitioners working in his office and how mental health nurse practitioners were in high demand and they were paid pretty well because of this demand. So I knew already that I was going to be a mental health nurse practitioner, but I didn't necessarily want to become a psychiatric nurse after I graduated nursing school because I needed something that was going to not just keep me specialized in that one particular area. I wanted to know all the areas because I knew this would help me in my advanced practice schooling. So I chose ICU. Looking back, I can't believe I did that. I was naive to what I was in for. I took on a challenge that I had no idea (laughs) was going to be so intense. You would think, you know, ICU intensive care, intensive, literally intensive care unit. That would have been a clue. Nope, not me. I just knew that I wanted something that would help me with learning more, um, being a critical thinker was super important to me, and learning real nursing skills that would help me for my schooling. 
I also knew that learning all the different medications, all the different treatments of many medical interventions would be helpful again during my advanced nurse practitioner school. I did not know (laughs) that that was going to be one of the most stressful experiences of my life. I met really good friends during that time, and I'm still real good friends with them now, but I still have (laughs) occasional nightmares that I'm working in the ICU and I don't know what I'm doing. I never felt like I knew what I was doing when I worked during that. You feel like you're just a body. You feel like you're just a number. At the end of the day, I felt like I was hit by a truck. I felt like I'd accomplished nothing. I just felt like a hamster on a wheel. And the thing with ICU that was so unrewarding was you never really got to see your patient as a fully human, walking, talking human. It was like, you're just trying to keep them stabilized. You don't really get to talk to them a whole lot. And then you throw on talking to the families who are, you know, half of them know nothing about healthcare. Half of them know nothing about, you know, what's going on with their loved one. And, you know, are we doing the best we can, you know? It's an out-of-control feeling, I'm sure, on the side of the family. So my job as an ICU nurse is to comfort them and give them the best possible information I can and update, you know. But that can be a struggle, too, because you're busy stabilizing your patients, you know. Things can go wrong in two seconds. Next thing you know, you're grabbing a crash cart and the team full of people are over here doing CPR, chest compressions, And you hope that they get stable. You hope that they start breathing again. And you hope that their heart starts beating again. But sometimes they don't. And then throw the added bonus of having to tell family members that their loved one passed. I'll never forget when I was doing my internship as an ICU nurse. And I had had a young man. He was around 19 who was in a um, car wreck. And what was crazy is before he went back to surgery, he was talking and all the nurses, we were trying to find, get a, um, start an IV on him, but we couldn't get one. His, his veins were not cooperating. And, um, I remember him just saying, I'm so scared. I'm so scared. I'm so scared. And trying to comfort him. And then he went back to surgery and he was dead within an hour. And having to tell his family, his mother, his sister, the doctors did, of course. But standing there listening to that, the how, the sacral how that came out of his mother's body when she found out her son was dead, the reaction from his sister It was devastating, and I almost can still hear and feel the echoes of their sounds, their voices, and their pain. Still to this day, it brings tears to my eyes. So, working as an ICU nurse, 
is just stressful on so many different levels. And why would we choose to stay in that? What is the reward? You know, I know for myself that I had an exit and that I was going to be there just temporarily. You know, I knew why I was doing it. I don't regret it whatsoever. I learned many, many things about medical interventions, about humanity, about different cultures, when they react, how they react when a loved one is sick or, you know, dying or dies and how each culture reacts. So as I made my journey being a mental health nurse practitioner, I was kind of just coasting for several years. I really gained a lot of confidence. Um, I worked on a psychiatric inpatient unit. Yes, that was, I would have super sick patients in a different way. Psychotic, they have schizophrenia, bipolar, a little depression. People coming off of drugs, all kinds of drugs. People who have been very sick for a very long time. And so there is more violence. You have the more violence aspect. It's not necessarily you trying to save the patient in a way as you would in the ICU. You're actually trying to make sure that everyone is safe from getting hurt, from being assaulted, from an aggressive psychotic patient. That can be stressful, of course, in itself. So as I'm coasting along, I'm doing that. And then I switch to a different unit where they're even bigger. They're committed into the hospital by a judge for 90 days. These are the people that really don't get better. So you're basically just chronically stabilizing them. I did not realize at that time I was having major burnout signs. I did not recognize that was what's going on. The thing that changed everything was when I got coronavirus in April of 2020. Then I had long COVID symptoms. Long COVID forced me to slow down. It forced me to reevaluate what's important. It forced me to make myself a priority. I had no other choice because I was on my own path to chronic illness and possibly death. As I cut my hours way back to work on my home business stuff, I've been coasting along there. And then before you know it, I'm back in burnout again. And I realized, well, first I was like, damn, I'm here again. I thought my burnout was completely because of working in healthcare. Then I come home and I do my, I'm doing my home business. And I'm finding the joy in that until I wasn't. I was work, 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 push, 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 push. I forgot to put myself on the list first. I forgot to write in my journal, write my five things I'm grateful for every day, walk my dog, lift weights, meditate. I used to do all of those things before I would start my day. But I stopped doing them because I was so focused on working and working my business. 
that I burned myself out in my own business. So realizing that there are always going to be stressors, it's how I manage my own stress is the key. Some of the signs that I've had that now I'm really hyper aware of, they're burnout signs. <laughs> These are some of the signs that warn me I'm in burnout, that I have not been making myself a priority. The first one is frustration, feeling frustrated over the smallest thing, not going right, frustration, a plan change. Frustration with obstacles getting in my way when attempting a simple task. Frustration when I worked hard to help a patient get the resources they needed only for the resources not to work out. Frustration with my frustration. The second burnout sign for me that warns me I'm in burnout is irritability. Irritable for I don't know why. Irritable when I have many things to be grateful for. Irritable when I can't stop being irritable. The third sign that warns me I'm in burnout is being overwhelmed. Easily overwhelmed when a new task is added to my to-do list. Overwhelmed if my daughter unexpectedly has a test or a school event. Overwhelmed when my password or username doesn't work. Overwhelmed when I can't figure out why I'm overwhelmed. The next one is procrastination. <sighs> procrastination. Procrastinating... Completing a task I know is going to suck. I just avoid doing it. I just will avoid, avoid, avoid. Procrastinating completing a project. Procrastinating having that difficult conversation or a mundane conversation. Procrastinating that, starting that list of all those CBLs that are required in the hospital every year. There's at least 12. The next sign that shows me I'm in burnout is being cynical. I'm very skeptical. I'm extremely sarcastic. I'm skeptical. Skeptical. Something too good to be true will not work out. I don't trust people are going to say or follow through with it, what they're saying, what they're going to do. It's a, <laughs> it's a very crabby, cynical world <laughs> when I, I get like that. Um, the next one is boundaries. Not setting boundaries with myself not setting boundaries with others, not setting boundaries with my business, not setting boundaries with maybe somebody taking up too much, too much of my time. So when I'm not setting boundaries, I'm going to be frustrated and then I'm going to be overwhelmed and then I'm going to procrastinate and then I'm going to be cynical. Interesting how that works, right? The next sign that shows me I'm in burnout is disconnection. I've been feeling disconnected from my spirituality the last three to four months, disconnected from friends, most importantly, disconnected from myself. So those signs for myself that show me when I'm in burnout and these signs started back in nursing school, I had no idea. I had those. It would slowly start happening. And that's when I realized burnout is real. Burnout is something that will slowly destroy your life if you let it.
My goal and my passion now is to help other nurses with burnouts. We're all burnt out, especially working in this pandemic. I was talking to a nurse last week. If you looked at her, she looks very healthy, very fit, very toned. But if you looked at her a little closer, she was shaking. She was shaking. Another nurse that I talked to last week, I haven't seen in like almost a year. She looked like a deer in headlights. She's now divorced. Pretty similar story to mine. She had long COVID symptoms. Her husband couldn't be there for her and abandoned the family. So we focus on helping patients. But who is focusing on helping the nurses take care of these people? We are humans too. We are humans taking care of humans. And we all have a point. We all have a breaking point. All nurses, all humans, all of us have a burnout breaking point. The mayoclinic.org website talks about job burnout, how to spot it, and how to take action. There's an article on their website that talks about how job burnout is a special type of work-related stress. It's a state of physical or emotional exhaustion that involves a sense of reduced accomplishment and loss of personal identity. That is completely true with me. I have been like just working, working, and feeling like a hamster on a wheel getting nowhere. I have been like, what am I doing? Who am I? What's the purpose of all this in my own home business? I felt the same way when I was working full-time as a mental health nurse practitioner. I'm like, what am I doing? Didn't feel like I was accomplished anything. And felt complete dissatisfaction. Some of the things that the mayoclinic.org say, how you, things that you can ask yourself if you have symptoms of job burnout. One of those, have you become cynical or critical at work? Definitely during the pandemic, I would have stress levels of just, man, (laughs) really overreacting when things didn't work out. Or if I was interacting with another coworker who was burned out themselves, that was a recipe for disaster. That was a recipe for the patient not getting good care. I remember working with this particular social worker who had an attitude and I was just trying to get a patient certain resources. She wasn't communicating with me. She wasn't, you know, doing her job basically. Um, And I was very frustrated. And so my interactions with her were one of frustration, you know, um, Looking back, I mean, there was probably other options and choices I could have dealt with it instead of maybe having a frustrated tone, um, you know, maybe more of like getting leadership involved, you know, but sometimes it's hard to think about what choices you have when you're in that mode 
and living in the hormones of stress and burnout. You know, you feel almost helpless. Um, Another burnout uh, question, the mayoclinic.org says that you can ask if you have symptoms of burnout is, do you drag yourself to work and have trouble getting started? Have you become irritable or impatient with coworkers? (laughs) I just talked about that. Do you lack the energy to be consistently productive? Do you find it hard to concentrate? Do you lack satisfaction from your achievements? That's just funny that I was just talking about that. Do you feel disillusioned about your job? Have you, are you using food, drugs, or alcohol to feel better or to simply not feel? Have your sleep habits changed? Are you troubled by unexplained headaches, stomach or bowel problems, or other physical symptoms? And then the article goes on to talk about how the possible causes of jaw burnout. One of them is lack of control. Um, it says in there an inability to influence decisions that affect your job, such as your schedule, assignments, or workload. Um, lack of resources. Yes, yes, yes. Unclear job expectations. Dysfunctional workplace dynamics. Yes, a thousand percent. It's like, you know, during the pandemic, um, there was a lot of things going on with the staff and that had to do with race and people not being treated fairly and it went on for a while. So it's like, not only do we have, you know, the threat of getting sick and maybe dying, and then we also have our, you know, coworkers having long COVID symptoms and then, you know, maybe their family is, is, is dying from COVID. I remember one day coming into work and I actually was talking to one of my coworkers about our long COVID symptoms. And we were, she was like, oh my gosh, you had those same symptoms too. I had those too. And we were talking about how we both had the purple COVID toe and, um, you know, headache and brain fog and all of that. And I mean, we were happy that to talk about it because you don't even realize that that's what's going on until it's kind of further down the road. You're like, wow, this is still going on, this, these long COVID symptoms. But anyways, you know, then the next week I come in and she tells me that she has three family members that are being uh, flown to the hospital because of having COVID and then one of them died. I mean, that's what it was like for months. It was fear illness, death, feeling, um, you know, like you, lack of resources, the uncertainty, um, you know, and then during the COVID, during the pandemic, you know, patients couldn't see their family members like face-to-face visits because we were, had to shut the lobbies down. And it's so important, especially if you're in mental health, to be able to have that touch. Then you think about the nurses like in the ICU on COVID units, how patients die and there's no one there because they don't, family members can't come in. I mean, that is just devastating. And as nurses and people who work in healthcare, we carry these stories around with us wherever we go. But we can only carry them for so long. We 
are humans. We are humans taking care of other humans. And it's really important for us to all be supportive of one another. Ask not just how are you today, how are you feeling today? I do get joy and satisfaction working in healthcare. I get joy and satisfaction seeing my patients improve, seeing my coworkers have a good day, being able to complete my notes, being able to get to know my coworkers and colleagues a little better, being able to help a patient finally get that resource and it does work out. I love working in healthcare. I love being a mental health nurse practitioner. But I have to make sure that I am making myself a priority first because there is a tipping point, a tipping point of codependence. If I don't make myself a priority every day before I go help other humans, I'll flip over into codependency, which then leads to frustration, leads to dissatisfaction, leads to anxiety, leads to stress hormones, leads to weight gain, leads to burnout. So it is very important that I make myself a priority by doing the things that I know for myself tell me I'm good. The things that I do to make myself a priority every morning is journaling at least five things I'm grateful for, walking my dog, lifting weights, breathing exercises, meditation, and eating things that are good for my body. It's interesting how you can get lost in the world of stress hormones and burnout. It's interesting how quickly that can happen and how long it can go on without you realizing, damn, I'm already here again, but I'm actually okay with it. I'm actually that this burnout with my own home business that I have created myself has happened. I'm happy the burnout has happened because it shows me that it's not just healthcare. It's not just a job. It is me, my livelihood, and it shows me the importance no matter what I'm doing Working from home, working at the hospital, no matter what what I'm doing, I have to make myself a priority first. Everything else will follow after that. Thank you for coming along on this journey with me. Thank you to all the listeners of How Coronavirus Saved My Life podcast. If you want to know more about me, and hear crazy family stories, hop on over to the podcast I make with my sister. It's called The Family Burrito. My sister, Jessie, and I made the podcast after our dad died 
in March of 2021. We did it as a way to heal our childhood wounds. Now we are healing and now we're having a good time. So if you want to hear more stories, crazy sense of humor, and get to know my personality a little bit better, hop on over to The Family Burrito anywhere you get your podcast streaming.